So do you think that financial independence is important and why? Oh, yeah, I absolutely do. I, and I think it's um, it's not just about um, the ability to be able to sustain ourselves as whānau communities, um, whatever that community looks like for you, but it's also about um, thinking ahead and being able to say the starting block for me. So for me, my whānau um, financial freedom was about getting us educated because that's what was the gig on Generation X. And then the next generation is about actually having acquisitions of assets in order to reclaim ourselves um, and reclaim the state we would have been had our natural development not been interfered with. Um, then we need to be able to um, have the ability to think freely, to be able to grow freely. And that's where a large amount of our displacement comes mm. because we forgot how to do that. Yeah. Um, all the resources were taken away from us. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we have this really sad Pokaro now that um, a financially independent thinking Māori is an elite Māori when it's mm -hmm. not. It's actually our ability to sustain ourselves and think futuristically and trade um, internationally was in our DNA. We just forgot it. You know, mm. we had it wiped out. So, yeah. And what do you think the barriers are for Māori being able to achieve this? Um, I think probably the biggest barrier is, um, is lack of self-belief, is, is not believing that it actually is our, um, our natural way and that, in fact, that's just as much a part of our cultural DNA as is our tikanga, as is our real, as is how we look, um, you know, reviving our taonga. So I think, um, and colonisation and all the things that are um, associated with that, they do that, they remove um, our self-belief, remove our history, they remove uh, you know, our whenua. But, you know, so I think the biggest barrier is remembering to remember um, what we are and, and what we can do. And then with that comes a whole of other aspects. Because once you remember what we're made up and how we can do, what we were designed um, to be, um, then you can go looking for the various avenues. But you actually won't go looking for those avenues, um, the tool if you want to, yeah, and whatever that looks like for you. So I, I think um, one of the biggest barriers is self-belief or the belief of ourselves um, and who we were and also then wakama mm. because with um, with the need to learn particularly in, in something like financial independence um, is that you're going to get things wrong and you know one of the things I'm an ex um, Stanford alumni and one of the things that well I'm a Stanford alumni one of the things that um, they teach uh, there is um, failure has been okay with failure, you know, fail, fail quick, recover quicker. So I think there's a real wakama attached with, oh, I'm going to try this. Oh, I failed. Oh, I'm not, I don't want to go back because, you know, I don't want to poke my head up. So I think that's all, again, a part and parcel of um, finding our, our confidence to go out looking. But then, you know, then it's about, um, then once you can get past some of that, then it's actually about having access to tools and people like yourself, who we recognise and we can relate to and we want to learn and we actually want to be able to continue to grow. So I think those are some of the things, belief, wakama, and being able to have access to um, avenues and, and tools and resources that and we can relate to that we you know can see ourselves in.
I love that. That's awesome. Um, I also am a you know firm believer that through our own indigenous kind of practices, we're able to access financial independence. Um, and I know that's similar for Te Pāti Māori. Um, what indigenous solutions do you think um, are able to help us access these? And do you think that they're able to contribute to the social issues um, affecting Māori? Yeah, I do. Um, so it was, I was part of a rōpū um, and a hokaro around he kaika kūringa, so from our own hands and our own experiences and by Māori for Māori. So I think um, the answer to um, your question is that do um, can our own Indigenous solutions help us? And absolutely, because I think the other part of our well-being is, um, you know, because when we're well, we can learn. When we learn, we can earn. And um, I think one of the things is um, being really receptive to models that work for us, Māori models and Indigenous models. And I think, you know, we see that in Whanau Water as a, an example. Um, we see that in our own wakatoki, like Hekaika Kuringa. We see that in a whole lot of Bai Māori, Fō Māori, Kaupapa. And I know that those all sound like, you know, clicking sayings, but actually they work. And I think um, we have to wrap around the fact that economic um, advancement for Māori isn't just about a bank account. It's actually about, again, like I said, being well and um, wrapping around everything that encompasses us being well to be able to learn. And I don't mean learn in a classroom, learn the experiences of, I was 23 years old when I got my first business and I tell you green, at, well, brown, green as, and, um, and I think, you know, when you're well though, and you can, you know, you can be up for some of those knocks and some of those lessons, um, you can then continue to grow. And then you, you transfer that you know, you transfer that to the next generation or to your group or your community who you kick out with. So, yeah, I think there's lots of Indigenous solutions and there's also Indigenous solutions outside of us in the Pacific, you know, around the, around Tiao. And I think that we have to continuously look at um, those and share those as whanonga to be able to um, grow. You know, we should never, we should never be stat static and look to the Western models because they don't work for us and are normally designed by the very people who set the economy off on our um, displacement. Um, <clears throat> um, what do you think the most pressing, pressing issues for Māori are at the moment? I think trying to survive. I think the cost of living, um, housing and well-being, and, and they're all interconnected. Mm. I think um, the cost of living, when you see that 2%, and again, I'm up for um, all Māori being um, millionaires, billionaires, because actually that's exactly um, what's in our, our DNA. We are, the, you know, the best Absolutely, you know, and I think, um, but, you know, the cost of living at the moment, when 2% of Aotearoa uh, own 40% of the wealth and, um, you know, 50% of us, you know, own less than 2%, these, these are real disparity. So um, I think that there needs to be some more, you know, for Carl given. And I also think the hardest thing is to break through that um, to be able to get into um, get into places where you can actually start. You know, and we talk about it. We're we're not we can't get rents more or less own the minute that you have, and the stats have proven the minute that you can own an asset such as a house which has a cumulative growth then you have broken through that barrier and there's yeah there's a lot to learn about maintaining the house there's a lot 
but that is the biggest asset um, that can be the, the breaker for our final getting out of poverty, but we can't even get into the rental queue. So I think those are some of the things um, that, uh, that we have and the importance of really um, understanding that, understanding that we could take GST off Kai. Um, and you know, bring more money into the pockets of whānau. Because if people need more money in their pockets to be able to make better decisions for themselves. Um, I love everything that you're saying and totally agree with you. Um, <laughs> does our local financial resources contribute to um, our higher health problems amongst whānau Māori? No, sorry, lack of, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. So there's a spiral of um and so when you can't afford to live um and these actually are, are, are also a, a cycle that shows when you're on a benefit for more than 12 weeks it becomes the norm that actually um, becomes harder to get out of it and you adjust your lifestyle accordingly and and we all see how that comes out how that manifests so yeah there is um i think it's not just the financial resources um the profiling that comes with that too, which then, you know, it's harder to stretch out and to um, break that cycle. So, yeah, I think, um, again, if you have to make a choice, whether you go to the doctors or pay your rent, whether you fill your car to go to the specialist and, you know, whatever, and they may reimburse you, but if you haven't got the money in the first place, you can't wait a month for that reimbursement. So those are the things, and that's, that's been a real life. I've lived that life. I live in a community that you know it's tough because they're far removed from the decision makers that I often see in Wellington they have no idea the decisions mm. you have to make when you live an hour and a half from your closest city or your closest hospital so yeah there's an absolute connection here um we we really need to create change and improve these outcomes for Māori how do you think that we're able to do this and what do you think we can do to, in order to achieve this yeah, I think I think some of the things is, and it's a it's a bit of a balance because we keep hearing um, from um, small businesses, oh, we can't afford to do that. But I think the most important thing has been recommendations um, from a whole bunch of experts who've said that we need to um, bring raise immediately the minimum um, wage to the living wage, which at the moment was twenty five dollars. Now that we're on an inflation rate of seven percent or seven point one, I have no idea how long that's going to be. Um, sustainable all the things that the government are doing including increasing the working for families they'll all catch up they're all catch up where are were at in december anyway i won't rave about that but i think um we have to um, address the fact that too many of our whanau are working um sometimes two three jobs and they're still all under the living rate and so um, we have to do things like that we have to um guarantee pay equity um for you know for um roles like our teachers and our nurses and we need to double baseline benefit levels because those are um, the ways that people have been able to um, cut through I think even individualized benefits because we've got too many one-stop shop approaches um, you know that just don't work so I and I by that I mean um, sanctions and work test um, obligations and I think um, the way that we're sort of doing things I think it's great having free public service but we've also got to help our students so we've got a whole cohort out here that we have to lift now when we lift people spend and then we've got more going into the economy more going into small to medium-sized businesses who Māori make up much 
a large proportion so of our economy so i think we just we have to keep lifting the living to get above um the cost of living and um and again that's a start the other part of it though too is that there's not enough of support that goes into um our small to medium-sized businesses so they can afford all these increases and that they actually get the breaks that they need which the, the big corporates get so we saw during COVID the subsidies that large corporations made nearly nearly a trillion dollars and individuals and smaller businesses had to pay everything back to win so there's got to be a rejuggle there's got to be less focus on on um the existing wealth the small minority and more to lift the um below and middle up mm -hmm. um what issues currently affecting maori do you think could be totally resolved through putia uh i think so i i while i just had that big spiel about the income needing to be lifted and support um, I also think that sometimes governments throw money everywhere. Mm. And if you're really clever, you know how to catch it, which are often the same groups. I think there needs to be more targeted approach and specifically targeted um, resourcing to Māori. Mm. And we saw targeted Māori housing, which is starting to move now. It's taken a while, but there needs to be targeting. Um, for example, the... Um, the recent survey showed that the recent stats, sorry, showed that Māori, Pacifica and disabled whānau are still enduring um, the same degree of poverty. So the interventions are working for non-Māori and non-Pacifica and non-disabled. So there needs to be more targeted approach versus just throwing money at everything, one-stop shop. So I think that's what's really needed um, and, and in a concentrated way not in a this year and then stops at the following year because it takes us a while to get the accumulation of, of um, the positive effect. Mm -mm. Mm. And, and do you think that if there were more Māori and leadership roles or more Māori representation would be able to change this? Oh, heck yeah. I'm not, and I think young Māori too, ones like yourself, because 70% of our population is Māori are under 40, which hasn't been me for a little while now. So I definitely think, um, and, and we need to encourage that and make it and make it um, possible. And it's because I think, and it's not about saying that, you know, we dumb ourselves down because we don't, but the reality is we see so many faces on these, in these places that don't look like us. We sit there and think, oh, have I got the energy to be the one you know, the one Māori and then the one young Māori and then the one. So I definitely think that we need to see more Māori. Um, I can't believe I'm saying this because I was so opposed to it years ago, but more Māori in government, more Māori in, in the CEO management roles, more Māori in the, in the official roles, more Māori in local government, regional government, and yeah, central government. And it doesn't matter. I mean, I'd like them all to be into party Māori, but yeah. they need to be everywhere because what I see down in Wellington is that politicians come and go. They might, you know, Labour might be not in this, it might be national, but they come and go. But the officials and the workers, they stay. They stay past the government. So mm. I definitely think that we need to see um, more Māori faces, but most importantly, more young Māori faces because they're continuing with pandemics, climate change, and horrific cost of living, horrific global, horrific global changes that are um, affecting everyone and, and um it's not the same modeling that can be applied 
that has been applied economically across the world anymore. And we're seeing that. So I think we need to have the clear heads, you know? Mm -hmm. um, inter intergenerational wealth is one way in which I think that um, non-Māori are able to continue to be wealthy um, as a lot of their wealth is inherited. Um, but a lot of land confiscation and, and other um, barriers which have, you know, caused conflict amongst Māori is that we didn't inherit our land and most of us don't own our first homes, we don't inherit homes from our parents. Um, so how pressing do you think this issue in particular is? Oh, I think it's um, really pressing and I think it has um, created a sense of huge loss and paralysis and um, and that's the trauma that we see economically around us now where we like I said at the beginning we just don't believe but I do think that um, one of the things that we have that those who have passed on intergenerational wealth intergenerational wealth sorry is we have intergenerational resilience and I know at times it's not a resilience that we want but you know I know like I know like I'm from Taranaki um I don't we have a blade of grass each leaf that came through reserves that the government decided to um, reconcile us with, which is a joke. But one of the things that um, I see we have is within our whānau is an, a massive resilience. Despite all that, and in spite of, we are here and um, we're not going away. We're continuing to grow. We've got this amazing, beautiful younger generation. Uh, and I just think we um, have to look at our strengths as our assets. Because, you know, and we've seen it. I see it sometimes with these farmers. The other thing that's going really great is that we're breeding. <laughs> so we, um, our resilience has um, mathematically turned into the fact that we are now um, growing and having more babies than our tangata tariti are. And I think that's a real asset. So when we talk about intergenerational transferal, there's nothing to transfer if you don't have an intergeneration. So when you look at that, you know, the maths, you know, this intergenerational growth, plus this resilience, plus the fact in spite of everything that got thrown at us, we're here growing, that is an asset, that is a strength that um, when, you, when we can help each other to use that in a um, growing our wealth and understanding our strengths, we can get ourselves through there. And it may not come in my generation, um, but by you know thinking that way and by putting ourselves now our younger generation into these roles it will transpire it's just a matter of time and we'll go back to or we'll back to the future where we are actually making up 50 50 percent of the population where we are actually making the decisions about how um, fiscal decisions are made for Māori when we are stopping you know, decisions being made where those of our whānau who own land and, and marginal land have got trees and trying to grow them for, you know, emission trade, that they can actually get the wealth out. So we've got a whole lot of things that we can do. But right now we're still in that passage of um, learning about ourselves and gathering the um, kete of our strength. So, I, yeah, I do. I'm, I'm really optimistic. Um, the issue is pressing, but I'm really optimistic that the solution is imminent as well. Really am. That's awesome. Well, I think a lot of um, my listeners, especially, are going to be able to um, listen to our cordial and really take um, this as food for thought and, you know, sure. implementing our, our traditional 
kind of methods to improve the situation for us. Um, just before we end, I think, do you have any um, advice you would give to um, the dangatahi or, or anyone really who's just struggling at the moment and just, you know, can't find a way out? Yeah, yeah. So um, first of all, I, I was that person once um, and I was a single mum that did three jobs to um, try and get myself ahead. And every time I'd go into a mahi or something, I'd see this Maori woman, single mum from Patia, and um, pretty much had me profiled before they even bothered to meet me. I think um, you keep yourself surrounded with people who are going to pick you up and who are going to believe in you. And it may be a really small circle. Uh, Maybe um, some days yourself in the mirror. Um, and it's really important to follow podcasts and do different things. In my day, I didn't have that. So, you know, I had a, a koko and an auntie choose your um your community i know we waka papa but choose your your vibe tribe choose your community really really carefully they need to have your back and they need to see you as that millionaire that you aspire to be and that millionaire and whatever it is financially educationally matauranga and music whatever whatever it is but i think um and then the other side of it is is that it's really easy to um give up um, be angry or turn that passion into every step that you can do for yourself so um, when you go to sleep and you're there in the middle of the night and you're not quite sure how you're gonna pay tomorrow's rent and you're looking in your jackets if you've left some money in there to try and find some money for milk all that life we've lived before um, just believe in yourself that you can get there and if someone like me can and seriously I could share you some real horror stories um if someone like me can, you know, you'd be too scared to answer the phone because it was normally a debt collector, then, you know, you can. You just got to be really, really mindful of where you step and who you step with. And um, if they don't believe in you, then step away. Simple. I know it sounds simple, but it's hard. But I tell you, one day you'll be my age and you're looking back and telling to the next Sangatahis. Everyone's believed in you. Mm -hmm. um, but you've got to actually follow through, believe in yourself. Thank you, Fly Debbie. Anytime, darling. Keep going. I love your mahi, okay? Thank you. Anytime. Kia ora. Hey, kona. Kaki, Debbie.